This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 247 and I have a really special guest on the show today, someone who I have uh, admired so much since seeing her TED Talk and seeing her interviewed by Oprah many years ago now. It is Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. Uh, and today's topic is all about her stroke of insight. Now, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Jill uh, and her work and her life experience, uh, Jill, I think we go to before the massive life event, she uh, began to study mental, severe mental illness because she wanted to understand what made the brain function the way it does and the cause between her dreams being able to be distinguished from reality in her life experience while her brother could not disconnect his dreams from reality, making them into a delusion uh, and having schizophrenia. So uh, Dr. Taylor then began to work in a lab in Boston. She's Harvard trained, uh, and she was mapping out the brain to figure out which cells communicate with which cells. And uh, on December 10th, 1996, Jill had a massive stroke. A blood vessel had erupted on the side of her left brain, on the left side of her brain, and she had been able to actually witness her own brain beginning to shut down, which I'm sure you can imagine for a neuroscientist, that would just be a wacky experience because you would actually understand what was going on while you couldn't understand what was going on as uh, uh, just in the human experience. It's just crazy when you hear Jill talk about this. If you haven't seen her TED Talk, it is mandatory watching uh, and I will pop it in the show notes for you. Um, but within a span of four hours, basically, she couldn't speak, read, walk, write or remember anything from her past. And she talks about it, uh, compares her stroke to being, uh, to, to being like an infant again. And ultimately it took her eight years to completely recover from the experience. And boy, did she recover well. She's just uh, an amazing, energetic human being who just gives so much through science and to the world through her beautiful energy. In 2006, she went on to write a New York Times bestselling book called My Stroke of Insight, A Brain Scientist's Personal Journey. Uh, and then this year, in 2021, if you're listening in the future sometime, uh, Whole Brain Living came out and we actually dive into some themes from both of those books. Uh, but today I really, really love how she describes the quadrants in our brain, gives them personalities and helps us start to connect more with our thoughts and feelings and inner conflicts within our own thoughts and feelings and how to 
uh, experience whole brain living. It is just one of my favorite interviews of all time. I hope you're enjoying this brain series. We had Dr. Maya Sheetreat on the show last week. We had Dr. Dale Bredesen on the show before that. So we've talked Alzheimer's, surviving, and we've talked uh, psychedelic microdosing for mental illness. And today we're talking about what uh, this wonderful neuroscientist has been able to do for the world, um, even more so than she was doing in her career already before in the space of brain science, uh, coming through a stroke and now being able to offer what she does through her books, lectures uh, and work is uh, really, frankly, I just feel so lucky that humans like Jill are in the world. Uh, so you, we will hook into that conversation in just a little minute, but as it's a new month, I wanted to share with you a new offer and we have our wonderful friends from Walida back to help you stock up or discover new things in the range. If you haven't used Walida products before, I know I've put a few friends onto their, their products. It really is where great value meets great performance for me. Um, especially if you're on a bit of a budget and, um, spending a lot of money on creams and things is just not on the table. And you know me, I love a bit of DIY in the mix, but uh, there's just something about certain beauty products I am not prepared to give up. And uh, and I am, um, I, I, it's one of my favorite brands. And it's a favorite brand often as is with me and as is with people who go through the low-tox journey for a number of layered reasons. So it's not just, oh, I like the smell of that product and it's yummy or their marketing's really pretty and that's my favorite actress in their um, pictures. None of that kind of stuff. It's really for me uh, because I like to dig deep into the why of human health, into the why our planet gets the way it does, into the why and how we help be a part of the solution and serve ourselves better for our health and the planet. Uh, Walida is a company that was literally founded on um, really asking the question why, how and why do certain plants perform the way they do? How can we help them be their best selves and um, provide the highest concentration of plant actives to then infuse into products for people's well-being? Uh, and uh, and then, of course, you know the founder Rudolf Steiner founded also Biodynamics and was passionate about biodiversity uh, and teaching biodiversity, lecturing all around the world. He was actually earmarked on Hitler's uh, list of people to um, to hate in society because he had these progressive ideas about what we needed to do for the future that uh, the Hitler administration was not a fan of. And I find that a really interesting piece of history. I actually talk about that in my upcoming book, uh, Lotox Life Food, which is available for pre-order. There's a little side tangent there. Uh, I'll put the note in, uh, the link in the show notes for you guys. Um, and so when you have a brand that was born out of um, a, a person like that and the the thinking and the studying and the science between behind how to make our landscapes uh, and all of the species, plants, animals, insects, everything, uh, work in harmony and fortify each other and build each other up rather than creating weaknesses in systems, really creating robust, resilient, diverse systems, uh, then you see what the brand DNA is. And that for me is one of the most special things about Walida. Uh, and, and so... This year it's actually their 100th birthday, which is lovely. Uh, they were founded in 1921 
and they they continue to move well beyond their own brand and marketing and uh, producing nice things for people to use to talking about biodynamics, uh, talking about ethics and respect all throughout supply chains, talking about sustainability and regeneration uh, as a part of the roots of the brand and the roots of the future. Uh, and all Walita skincare products are 100% certified by um, natural by Natru, uh, which are ethically sourced for people and planet, obviously, and certified with the UEBT sourcing and respect cruelty free. So there's really um, no question that they are a brand very high on um, the ethics front, uh, but also on the performance front. I mean, I absolutely love their pomegranate firming range. I think the Evening Primrose Eye Cream is gorgeous. Uh, if you've got a younger skin, uh, I don't have that anymore, but I loved the Smoothing Rose Face products for years. Uh, and, and something that came out this year, which uh, is really fabulous, especially if you battle with hydration. So if you know if you're having hydration issues, um, my favorite test for this, and I learned this back in my cosmetic days, is you just gently press your cheek up. And if the top of the cheek there with the mass that you've kind of pressed up towards your eye, if there are a ton of little fine feathered lines, the good news is that those could go away if you hydrate your skin properly. And so this month I'm going to be talking about their new hydrating facial care range, getting down and dirty and and nerdy about cacti and um, the prickly pear specifically. Uh, but I'll, I'll save that for next week. But if you want to check out that range and anything in the in the Walita um, range, you have 20% off the whole range for the whole month of August. And your code is Walita August, plain and simple. Obviously, that excludes things that are already in gift packs and special offers, but the rest is a free-for-all. So if you're needing to stock up on a few products, if you've got a couple of babies coming up in your circle, you want to buy the gorgeous calendula range for them, um, this is the time to do that. Thank you, Walida, for joining us for the month of August. And here we go into one of my favorite interviews with one of my favorite humans of all time, Dr. Jill Balty taylor I hope you enjoy. Jill, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be with you. I am excited to be with you because for the next hour, I get to pretend I'm in Kentucky on a boat on a lake with the stunning background that you're experiencing (laughs) instead of in my tiny kitchen in Sydney. So (laughs) thank you for having me in your living room. It's beautiful. Welcome. You're absolutely welcome. Uh, Best part about Zoom. Um, Now, there are so many things that I could ask someone of your incredible stature in your career and also as a person who's been through so much. And for the people who somehow have made it to 2021 under a rock and not heard your amazing TED Talk or read your books or seen that beautiful interview with uh, Oprah that was just so incredibly touching. I remember crying when I saw that. Um, I do want to, though, start with your story and how um, you came to be doing uh, the the work you do today in, in such an expansive way as you started your career out in brain science. And obviously from the experience of a stroke, uh, you, you know, it expanded for you in a way that you probably couldn't have imagined prior, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I grew up to study the brain because I have a brother 
uh, who is very different from me. And I just became aware of, well, what am I? You know, I'm a child and, and he's a child and we're very different from one another. And it's like, well, what's normal? Because uh, we're so different from one another in the way that we interpreted our experiences. And so I became fascinated with, with what, is, what is life, what is normal, what am I? And so when I grew up, I then fell madly in love with the subject of anatomy in college. And off I went into becoming a gross anatomist, a neuroanatomist, study of the brain, tissue, cells, all of it, just beautiful uh, and then I was teaching and performing research at Harvard Medical School, and I woke up one morning, and I was 37 years old in the prime of my life, and I experienced major hemorrhage in the left half of my brain. And through the eyes of a brain scientist, this was a fascinating experience because I got to watch my own brain deteriorate ability by ability to a neuroanatomist translate to an internal brain circuit by circuit by circuit. So I'm watching my brain completely deteriorate. And um, uh, on the morning of the stroke, I could not walk, talk, read, write, walk, talk, or recall any of my life. So I essentially became an infant in a woman's body. And I woke up and there I was in that condition. And I had this major hemorrhage. And two and a half weeks after that, the surgeons went in and they removed a blood clot the size of a golf ball and said, good luck. And uh, so I, I took eight years for me to completely rebuild that left hemisphere. And, um, uh, and then, you know, the rest is history. Then I wrote a book and I did the TED Talk and that exploded into the world and then Oprah and all of it. Boom. Yeah, and then the Low Tox <laughs> Life podcast. You never I mean, know. you've arrived. You never, you never know. <laughs> yeah, you just never know what's going to happen. You know, it's just like know. seriously, you just mm-hmm. never know. Yeah, and can you tell us, as a brain scientist, whether you get blood clot in your in the right side of your brain or the left side of your brain? Like, what did it look like um, and feel like for it to be happening in the left side of the brain? So um, I didn't have a blood. Well, uh, the blood clot came after this hemorrhage. So there are two kinds of stroke. One is caused by when a blood clot goes and blocks uh, oxygen, blood going to the cells and oxygen going to the cells. But I didn't have that. I had a major hemorrhage. So I had this break in the blood vessel and then that tissue began to seep out. And then um, and then and it ended up being about the size of my fist uh, hemorrhage, uh, on the morning of the stroke. And then a couple of weeks later, it had kind of shriveled up to a blood clot. Uh, so I did have a clot removed, but, um, you know, it's an, uh, it, it comes with an excruciating pain. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, but, but it, it's, you know, I'd never had a stroke before. I was only 37 years old. I was not a medical doctor, so it's not like I'd been exposed to a lot of, of, uh, people who had had stroke. So I had studied stroke in a book and I knew the warning signs of stroke, but I was an anatomist. I was a researcher, uh, not a clinician. So it took me a while to figure out what the heck was going on. And it wasn't until my right arm went paralyzed that I realized, well, that's a warning sign of stroke. Oh my gosh, I'm having a stroke. 
And, and then it was a matter of, well, I, I have to get help. And, but I would waffle between being able to connect to the external world through that rational left hemisphere and into the right hemisphere, which is completely disconnected to any information about the past, any information about the future, any information about people, places, or things, or me, or the job, even me disappeared, because uh, the right hemisphere doesn't have the, the definition of me, the individual. And I felt expansive and open and this incredible sense of peaceful euphoria, because in the present moment, there's no judgment, there's no none of the negative connotation or implication from the external world. It's just, wow, I'm alive barely that day but but wow you know I, i'm alive and, and that it's was literally try like you literally were able to experience what we all hope to achieve in meditation right exactly that's exactly right because what are we trying to do we're trying to quiet that left hemisphere which is the judgment, which is the ego, me, the definition of, of me, the individual, information coming in as it relates to me, the individual, the emotion of me, the individual, as well as the thinking mind. And it's very busy over there in that left hemisphere. I mean, it's just constantly, you know, it's the storyteller. It takes a piece of data, it takes another piece of data, and it weaves a big old story with just two, two little bits of data. And then you throw in another possibility and wow, it can go on and on forever. So, and it's not necessarily very nice and it's not necessarily nice to us and it's not nice to others. And it has the real potential to be unkind because it's looking for a reason to push away and say no. It's biologically programmed to save our lives. Alarm, alarm, alert, alert. That looks different from me. It can't be safe. I'm not safe, so I don't want it. So all of our bigotry, all of our racism, all of I was our gonna say, that's exactly where my mind others. is going with that. Yeah, exactly. So that's what's been going on um, in our society. And um, and then throw in a pandemic, throw in a virus that's, you know, invisible. And all of a sudden, well, is it real? Well, is it real? Well, am I safe? Well, are you safe? Well, you don't look safe. Well, you're not wearing a mask, so you must not be safe. And blah, 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 blah. And so we, we are existing in this very high level of anxiety, discomfort, distrust. And, um, you know, it's coming out and we're not looking very pretty in the whole picture of it all. No, we're not. Uh, and, and so I'm curious to know in terms of then that, because when you speak about how euphoric that right brain, pure right brain experience was, have you gone on in your career to try and help people harness more of that side of our brains? So, you know, for me, uh, I had over 300,000 people write to me after that TED Talk and ask me very specifically, how do I get that? How do I, how do I get that? That's what I'm looking for. How do I do it? And I didn't have an answer for people because I came, I lost I lost the left hemisphere. I gained that. And then I used the right hemisphere to rebuild the left hemisphere. So I know how to go from here to there. But how do I help you go from, from left brain into the right brain? 
I didn't have an answer for the longest time, for years, I didn't have an answer. And it's just always been percolating around going, you know, I'm looking for that one thing, that one piece of information that will help me figure out how do I communicate what I believe to be true and what my experience has been and, and help people do that. And then I was giving a presentation at a conference and I said to the audience, you know, I just love talking about the brain in this day and age because people love to hear about the brain. It wasn't like this in the, you know, 80s and 90s uh, when I first started doing this. And I love that people, they have language, they know about the amygdala and the hippocampus. But the fact of the matter is we have two amygdala and two hippocampi. And there was literally an audible gasp in the room, like, really? Huh? There's two? <laughs> Did you know there was two? Excuse me, what? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I get. And this is, this started going on. And I thought, you know, that's how I get there. That's how I help people find their way. People think we only have one emotional system. And if we only have one emotional system, then emotional conflict doesn't make any sense at all. And so here I am, I'm really clear that I have emotion in the present moment and I have thinking in the present moment, because if you look at a brain, I got a brain here, I got a brain. If <laughs> you look you at do. a brain, if you look at a brain and it's, it's one brain, but it's evenly divided between these two hemispheres and they're mirror images. And so the amygdala are down in here. And the hippocampus is right next to it. So we have two of them. And then they send their fibers kind of this away. And then we end up with this anterior cingulate gyrus, bilateral. So we have two emotional systems and we have two thinking brains. And that means there's four different groups of cells. And it's like, and they all make sense. And I'm thinking, this is how I communicate what I what I learned when I lost two parts of my brain, I gained two parts in all their clarity, part emotion, that's a personality. It's a character. It's the experiential part of us. It's a part of us that, that wants, first of all, it's in the right here, right now, present moment. The beauty of the right brain is it's in the right here, right now. There's no me. There's no individual. There's no identity. It's just, I'm big as the universe. Let's go be in the universe and have an experience. Oh my gosh, I'm alive. And then the think, and it's curious and it's interested and it's creative because it doesn't have the left brain coming in with judgment. So it's open and to all possibility. And then the right thinking that's where we want to go when we meditate we want to find pure peacefulness and euphoria and that's a feeling of gratitude that oh my gosh i exist at all wow i have i have i have life i'm this collection of these 50 trillion beautiful molecular geniuses that work together for me to have this density and these cells that give me these abilities. Wow. Now, if it's not just the big wow, I don't know what is, right? I mean, <laughs> the single cell is amazing, much less stick 50 trillion of them together with eyes and mouths and language and oh my gosh all of it just you know i can go on forever about cells because they're so magnificent so so the right hemisphere is this ma 
magnificent experience. But in order to be a human being, I have to have a left hemisphere. And the left hemisphere immediately brings information in about the present moment and then says, puts it in a group of cells and they go back in time and say, have we ever had this experience before? And is there any reason why we should push it away? And so the left emotional tissue, the amygdala and the hippocampus for memory and learning, it's over here going, give me a reason to say no. It looks different. It sounds different. It smells different. I don't like it. I don't want it. It's dangerous. Uh, so I'm going to either fight it or I'm going to run away from it or I'm going to play dead so that it doesn't hurt me. So but that has the past and the future. So that's all the emotions of the past and the future. And then we have that thinking left brain. And in there's a group of cells that defines, literally defines the boundaries of where I begin and where I end. So I know my face is my face. And I know that these, even though they stay on my face all day long, they're not technically me because I have a group of cells in that left hemisphere that defines me. And because I am now defined, I have an ego, all the information in the universe gets brought in through the filter of me, the individual. So I end up with these two absolutely amazing halves of my brain that process the same information in completely different ways. And they actually each have characteristics and, and personalities. So getting to know and being able to differentiate who's who, when I'm, when I'm struggling inside of my brain, you know, a part of me in my left rational thinking tissue and saying, well, you know, I've got an hour before I have a podcast with you, so I can't go jump on my paddleboard in case I fall in because then my <laughs> hair is all wet and I look like hell. Right. So character, my character left thinking over here is saying no to my little character in my right emotion that's saying, but I'm pretty good on that paddleboard. I promise I won't fall in. And if I do fall in, I got a hair dryer or, or I put some kind of hat on and she won't care because she's a nice girl. <laughs> and all of a sudden the, the conversations inside of our heads start making sense because it's like, oh my gosh, there's four of me in here. Yeah, that is. And I, and you have the same four I do. So I can look at you and I can tell, oh, yeah, she's in her character three, too. She wants to go paddleboard with me. You know, she likes where I live. And then it's like, but no, we have to have a podcast. So we have to like talk and sound smart with one another. So so we're in our left thinking for a while, you know, <laughs> and we could have started with some kind of meditation or prayer and shift ourselves off into our right thinking tissue. Or I could say something to you that you take personally and you take offense and I just busted you right into your, you know, your painful self. Yeah. Those are the four characters. We all have them. The better we get to know them, the better we figure out how they can communicate with one another. Oh my gosh, we have clarity in our own lives. And if I come into life with clarity and I meet up with you and you have clarity in your life, oh my gosh, imagine what mm. we can create as humanity. Oh, That's amazing. It is amazing. So let's list those four characters super clearly so that people really have it, understand it, know it. Okay. Character, I, I call them character one, two, three, and four. Now I nice give simple. my names. Yes, it's simple. And uh, I have my names 
and the names I give mine are special to me so that when I say them, I get it completely. So I don't name your characters for you, but I encourage everybody to name your four characters because we each have two emotional modules of cells and two thinking modules of cells inside of our brain. We are anatomically structured to have these four characters, and you will recognize probably all four of these characters inside of yourself and everybody else that you know. So character one is left thinking. And left thinking, this is the rational brain that we use to interact with the external world. So this is a part, it, it has language, and so and it has the definition of where I begin and where I end. So this is all about me. The left brain is all about me. It has timing in a past and a future. So my left thinking is all about creating order in the external world. And it likes to control people, places, and things. It is a perfectionist. It is determined and organized and structured. And it likes to, to be the boss. Do you know that part of yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I know that part of myself. And then I was thinking of all my family members and close friends. I was like, oh, yep, yep. You definitely tend that way. Yeah, we <laughs> all have this character mm -hmm. and it's a character. So I call mine Helen. That's short for hell on wheels. She gets it done. <laughs> I so I it. call mine Helen. And, you know, my friends and, and Helen holds my body a certain way. She has a certain, you know, kind of uh, uh, intonation to my voice. She puts on glasses. She remembers the earrings. See, she didn't stick any earrings in. Uh oh, you know, Helen's going to get on Pigpen over there. So, um, <laughs> see, Pigpen wanted to go paddleboard. It's like, well, I don't wear my earrings when I paddleboard. So, but anyway, so, so Helen, we all have a Helen getting to know your Helen is important that's your character one number one wonderful characteristics type a personality the character two is all the pain and emotion from our past and our fear of the future so this is the little character that is designed to bring information in and say no i don't like it i don't like it i don't want it i'm going to push it away and if i'm in trouble i'm going to blame it on you or i'm going to feel like i'm a mess and i'm not worthy so this is going to be the negative emotions. It's also going to be a preconceived expectation. So it's going to get disappointed. It's going to take things personally that other people say. And um, uh, it's going to be happy if the external circumstances are the way that it wants to be. Think Bridezilla, right? Mm, so control Bridezilla. Freak, kind of vibe. It, it's a control freak, but but it counts on the character one to do the controlling yes but it's going it. to complain when everything's not perfect mm -hmm. okay do you know that part of yourself yep i do i also know that part of my <laughs> husband <laughs> yeah exactly this is the part that um is critical or feels criticized um it's not our prettiest self but this is our this is our our wound and this is a part we need to love and when someone else is coming at us with their i don't feel safe i don't feel safe because that's essentially if somebody's screaming at you what they're really saying is i don't feel safe then we need to come in with our other characters and and nurture and love that person and support that person and help them be held or help them be heard whatever it is they need and not just buy into it because otherwise this is the tip for tat if they're in their character too and we come in in our character too it's just an ugly fight and there will never be a resolution when two people are both in their character too
Oh, oh gosh. Isn't the whole world in character too at the moment? Yeah, pretty much. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Character three is the emotion of the present moment. So the left hemisphere defines where I begin and where I end. It's got the past and the future, but the right hemisphere doesn't have the me, the individual. It's got me, a life force power, having an experience. So right now, see, you can already see and hear the difference in me. Yeah, I can. <laughs> right? Absolutely. It's going to hold my body different. And then when I'm in my little character too, it holds my body differently, right? That's the wrath of Jill. I mean, nobody wants to be around that. So little happy character, uh, curious, interested, adventurous, and likes to play with others because it's, it's a part of a collective whole. It's not me, the individual, and it likes to share. So it's like, let's go on an adventure and, and, or let's go color. And, and it doesn't have to color inside of the lines because that's the dictation of the character one in the left hemisphere. So the right hemisphere is open to new possibilities and it's innovative and, and, and it's just, you know, our fun little exploratory part. And, and it is emotion of the present moment, but it's also um, uh, uh, experiential. What does it feel like? How much humidity is in the air? What does my clothing feel like on my body? What does it feel like when, when, when we go through the woods and, and we're sneaking around and, and we're on the adventure of chasing a little, oh, I heard a little crackle. Let's go over there. You know, that process of exploration. You know that part of yourself? Yes, Alex? absolutely. Yes. My gosh, I live there a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's playful. It's a fun yeah. part. So I call mine pig pen because pig pen and the peanuts, the Charles Schultz peanuts, a pig pen's just always in a state of chaos. It's yeah. just, he's always <laughs> in the present and, and he's just, he's just happy. You know, he's just following everybody around and he's in a dust storm and he's good with it. He's really good with his own dust. And then character four is the right thinking tissue and the right thinking tissue is the part that is purely connected to not me the individual that's all gone in the left hemisphere and it's not even experiential it is this oh my gosh awe-inspired sense of gratitude that I exist at all and I can attain that that by walking in nature being in nature just just being in bed in the morning when I first wake up that's where I go I see myself as this sparkling all the little twinkle all the sparkle that that energetic of gratitude and and gratefulness that I woke up this morning and I let that energetic just sparkle through all the cells of my body and and I'm I'm just filled with gratitude for the health that I have and I encourage the healthy cells to look over at the cells in my body that are not healthy and say you mm, we got to work on you and go work on them and take them that healthy energetic vibration so that we can turn it around you know, so, so there's, do you know that part of yourself? Yes, I do. I'm working with that part of myself very hard at the moment. Mm. I love it. Absolutely. You have to give it a name. So I call mine queen because she's big as the universe. We're all as big as the universe. Queen toad. And I call her toad because she's a bit goofy and she lives on a boat half the year. She lives <laughs> as my lily pad, you know? So, so it's like, I know these parts of me and, and moment by moment by moment becomes a conversation between these different characters. And what is the relationship 
like between them because if my character one the perfectionist doesn't like pig pen my little chaotic playful self we have a problem because first of all my character one won't let me go play and spend time because she sees it as a waste of time but she has to understand and respect the fact that when i'm in my playful mode that's where my genius is that's where possibilities unfold so if health my character one really wants to progress well and create something worthwhile she has to vow the time and honor that pig pen needs to go burn some energy and go be with god and let character four come out so that i can be open and expansive so that i can come in and be more productive and not be burned out not move into my character two and be my little unhappy self mm. It's amazing what this, this relationship and what, you know, we are so amazing. And, and it's just like, I, I feel like finally there's a roadmap to understanding how to, how to be, how to, how to be a whole human being during these times when we are so polarized. Absolutely. And so let's just take it into a family situation or a friend that you have started disagreeing with, given the world is so polarized right now. I feel like it's a good, um, a, a good topic to tackle, but like from home, because you look at the big world and you think, my gosh, how can I affect that? But we can all affect it by starting with ourselves, our family, our friends. And so if we start to think about these four characters and we uh, and we realize not only are we having dissonance within our own four characters, uh, but we're struggling to connect with others um, and find commonality and find a sense of playfulness because everything's gotten so serious and divisive. What is the road back in the microcosm of our daily lives, do you think? Well, I think it's, it's uh, first of all, if I'm conscious, which means I'm aware of all four of my characters, and I have some say in choosing who and how I want to be in any instant. So let's say uh, uh, you invite me over for a small dinner party because I'm visiting your, 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 your city. And I hope one day that happens. I know, and, right? Yes. Yeah. And I come in and um, uh, you're, uh, you're kind of harried because you're nervous. And you're nervous because, um, uh, you know, you, you just don't know. You just never know, you know. And, and there's a million details to take care of. And you're being a perfectionist. And, and gosh, I hope I invited the right people. And oh, my gosh, what if this doesn't happen at the right time? And blah, blah, blah. And so you're nervous. I'm already right? nervous. I'm already nervous about a dinner party that hasn't even happened yet, Jill. It's not even happening. <laughs> Thanks. Exactly. We'll, That's great. We'll go out. Okay. <laughs> Why don't we just go you and me and, you know, that we'll just keep it to that. <laughs> we'll just keep it at that. So, um, so, but if I come in and, um, and you're in your anxiety, I, I'm going to feel that, right? Because my right brain has mirror neurons and I'm going to pick up on your energetic and your energy is going to make me, you know, potentially anxious too. So I have a choice to make. And in that moment, I have the ability to hook into that and, and, um, and just kind of rev you up because 
I'm not offering you any affirmation that I'm good. Everything's good. We can breathe. Everything's calm. I'm happy. Thank you. I value you so much. You've done a fantastic job. Uh, give me a hug and let's just really connect with one another. Right. I have that choice. Um, or I can come in and I can I can fuel your hairiness. And this is easy because I've had hosts where where that has been. You know, I've learned you you don't stand in the presence of someone who is in their anxiety if they're kind of hooked into their anxiety um, uh, in, and fuel it. I mean, and it's it's like school. It's like a, um, test anxiety for kids at school. So, you know, I may have studied, but. And you may have studied, but if one of us has anxiety and we get in the presence of the other, then it doesn't matter that we studied. We, we have this, this impact on one another. And now I, I'm all in my amygdala and I'm on alert alert and, uh, and I can't access my hippocampus, which I have to be able to access in order to get to my horror, higher cortex, which is where my, my answers are. So, uh, so we both perform poorly because you had anxiety. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so in the real world, I think it's when, when we know who these four characters are, I mean, you're already thinking about your husband, you know, his four characters. And so I'll get, uh, so, so there's a, um, uh, I'll tell you a quick little story. Um, I have a friend who's a teacher and she's really character one. I mean, she's a strong character one. She organizes her classroom. She organizes her home. She organizes the whole school. She's an organizer, right? Everything's got a structure. It's got a right and wrong, good and bad. And her husband is working from home and he's got a really strong three and he loves to play tennis. And so oh, does she, but he, he loves to play tennis. So he's thinking, oh, um, uh, she's going to come home and we're going to get to go play tennis. And he's just all excited because they're going to go play tennis. And so she calls him up now. She's on the way home and she says, honey, I'll tell you what. Um, I need 30 minutes of you being your character one. And if I can have 30 minutes of character one with you, we can be threes the rest of the evening. Oh. And he's going, wow, what a deal. I can give her 30 minutes and then I, then we get to go play together. Fantastic. What a deal. Now that is clarity of communication. So think what happens if she doesn't make that phone call. So she comes home and she's not done working. So she needs to work. And she says, honey, and he's all excited. You know, tennis rackets are ready. He's in his shorts. He's ready to go. And she says, no, 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 I, I've got to work for a while. And I'd really like your help. And he's going, well, I don't want to do that. I want to go play. I'm all ready to play. You said we could play tonight. And she's going, yeah, but I, I need some help here. And so he moves into his two. She moves into her two. They have this fight and the whole evening gets blown. Oh, yeah. And you can see how easy it is for that to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So now they have a language that they can use with one another. Um, the same thing for the kids. You know, it's like train our kids to have all to know all four characters. So you walk in and your kid's room is a disaster zone and you say, OK, I'll make a deal with you. We can play for uh, we can be threes for uh, 30 minutes provided You'll spend 10 minutes after that as your character one, and you'll help create order in your room. And the kids go in, well, okay, I want that. I'll take that deal. 
<laughs> and it's like, but the thing is, you have to be committed and you have to, you have to bear truth because if you say you're going to give, I'll give you 10 minutes of me being a character one, then I have to actually engage in that and not just move into my two. And I don't want it. That, 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 that. It's not that we negotiated and it's a negotiation. So life in life as an individual is our own negotiation, nonviolent, we hope, a nonviolent negotiation inside of our own head. And then my negotiation with you and your characters. And all of a sudden, we understand one another better. And then if I move into my two and I come home and I'm in my two, then you as my partner will know, okay, um, your one will come in and say, hi, uh, uh, what do you need? Can I fix something? Do I need to do something? Do I need to make a call? Do I need to do something? Uh, is your sugar low? Do you need something, something, you know, if you're diabetic or whatever, but the one comes in and says, can I fix it? And then you can say, they say no. And then it's like, okay, then, you know, you can come in as your loving four and you can say, I'm here with you. You know, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to cuddle? What do you want me to draw you a map? What do you need? You know, what can, how, how can I love you best? And then I'm saying, well, that's nice. You know, I'm being heard and I'm being held. And then I might, you know, spew whatever it is at you that I'm unhappy about. And I might actually get ugly with you. But you know that it's not about you. So you don't take it personally. And it's like, wow, she's really hurting today. You know, she's she's in pain. And you just love me through that. And then eventually it's like, well, yeah, I'd like a bath. And so I get in the bath. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe we could read to one another. And then your little three comes in and says, you know, maybe, maybe is there anything that you'd like? And it's like, yeah, maybe we could. So then our threes can play a little bit together. And then I'm, I'm slowly, you're nurturing me, you're soothing me out of my two in a really healthy way. And, and not only are, do you learn that skill as my partner, but I learn that skill inside of my own brain. I don't have to spend a lot of time in my character too. I'm being heard. I'm being held. My character one can come in and say, do we need to fix something? Is there a danger, an immediate danger we need to fix? And then it's like, no, I'm all right. I'm just unhappy. And then it's like, then my own little character four can come in and say, you know, little character two, I got you. I got you. We're here for you. We're all here for you. We are all together and we get that you're unhappy and we're grateful that you have the capacity to protect us the way that you do. What do you need? How, 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 how do we, how do we support you here? I just love, you know, and then, and then my little character too feels like, yeah, I've got other parts of my brain that I can hook into. And it's like, yeah, character four, let's go, let's go on a paddleboard ride and just be with God. Let's go be quiet together. Or, or maybe I'll listen to a podcast of affirmations and, and allow that to help soothe me. Or, or maybe, you know, I look out there and there's a snake that goes by and little character three is going, ah, there's a snake out there. You want to go chase it? And it's like, oh yeah, let's go do that. You know, and then we go on an adventure together. So, so it becomes this beautiful conversation 
inside of us and then in relationship with others. And I think that that's, to me, I really believe that this book has the power to help us heal ourselves and evolve us into a whole human being in relationship with another human, whole human being. Because if I go to work, let's say, say we go to work, we work together and you spend a whole lot of time in your character too. You're just a character too. You don't feel safe in the world. And it's like, and I come in as a character three and I, I got all these ideas and you're just looking at me like, oh, damn, you know, this new girl got hired and she's just perky and happy and she's got all these ideas. And it's like, God, I hate being around her. She's just driving me insane. And so and I shift into my character one and it's like, is there anything I can do to support you in your job? Or are you feeling overwhelmed or overloaded? You know, how, how can I work with you to help you feel safer so that maybe we could do a project together that 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 you think would be interesting and fun, you know, so, so it, but it allows me the maturity, my own personal, emotional and cognitive maturity to interact with other people recognizing my stuff's my stuff, your stuff is your stuff. And I don't have to take your stuff on, even if you don't know how to manage it yourself. Mm-hmm. So good, Jill. Like that is just so powerful. That's the power of what we are. To me, that's just, that's the power. We have so much more power, Alex, than we have ever been taught about what's going on inside of ourselves, how to interact with ourselves, how to interact with other human beings and actually really get to the core of it without just, you know, spewing venom on each other. Absolutely. And as you, as you were talking about the four characters, I was thinking about conversations I've had with other brain scientists, psychologists over the years, and we've often talked about uh, our thoughts and how our thoughts aren't necessarily who we are as a whole. It's more effective and helpful to observe them and almost go into conversation with our thoughts. And what you're saying is such a fantastic clarification, I feel, of so many conversations in this field uh, that really then help us structure what that could look like. I mean, as you were talking, I was thinking, oh, my husband does that for me. He just sees what Aww. I need. And then, you know, comes in, like either with the solutions if I want them or with the lovey-dovey stuff. And, uh, yeah. and I think a lot of us do these things subconsciously, but then the fact that we don't know what the four characters are means when it doesn't work, we're then confused. Well, why did it work last time and it doesn't work now and what's going on? And, right. and I feel like that can really help a lot of people just always feel more aware and understanding of right. which of the four we're operating in and how to then best complement that. Exactly. You are absolutely exactly right. And, you know, this conversation has been going on for eons of time in confusion. Mm. But now and really, you know, uh, uh, you know, I think about this material and I think, you know, the only way we would get to this level of understanding is for a brain scientist to lose half of her brain, <laughs> get to know the, the half that is is unconscious 
to us because it doesn't have that same loud language voice uh, conversation and then rebuild and then have this phenomenon. This is the only way uh, that, that this could have happened. And it's like, you know, it just turned out to be the wildest ride. And, and it's like the, the enormous gift of, of that stroke. Um, and, and I've always felt that the stroke was a gift, but I truly believe that this book, this material is the reason why I survived and that this, this is my purpose. I, I just absolutely believe that this is my purpose in the world. And, you know, the world could blow up and disappear tomorrow and it didn't matter at all. And my right brain's really good with that. But in the meantime, <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, it's let's a great hope it gets to matter for at least a little bit. Let let you know that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, let's let yeah. Well, I you know I come from Indiana and and it's farmland, so I always said you know I'm a farmer. Uh, I spread seeds of of ideas and possibilities. What will grow will grow, and what doesn't grow doesn't grow. And it's like so I'm I'm trying to put a lot of water on this one because I really believe I really believe that it's beautiful, and I believe it has the power to help us heal our own internal conflict and trauma and, and embrace, give us a tool that we can use to love one another. I truly believe our number one job is to love one another. That's the number one job. Everything else is a whole bunch of static noise in that left hemisphere. Me, the individual, you, the individual, we take things personally, we hurt. We have these preconceived notions about an existence that isn't even real. The past, the past is gone. The past, the pain of the past, I say, the pain in the past belongs in the past. Life's too short to be caught up in the pain from the past. So how do we, how do we learn from it? How do we feel it? How do we grow from it? And, and, you know, it's okay to go and explore and analyze, but it should be, a, it's a place we visit. It's not a lifestyle. That is key, right? It's a place we visit and can even reflect on it for a while, but it's not a lifestyle. Please do. Gold. And mm. that's why we have it. We are supposed to learn from it. Mm. So why do humans not learn from the past? Like one of my favourite jobs in the world is applied history because for me the applied historian is the person who is able to take everything that's happened in the past and make recommendations on how we can learn from it to governments, to all sorts of agencies, companies. Right. Why don't they take their damn advice? We, it just... <laughs> like we don't learn from anything in the it's like patterns are patterns mm -hmm. so how do we break patterns a plus b does equal c yeah I, it's like i <laughs> yeah, want to well, take i want to take the four characters and then blow it up into what it could look yeah. like if we took it worldwide yeah absolutely so you know when we look at different countries different countries are representative of different character profiles. So um, the West is, is more left brain. First of all, let's just go general. The East, at least it used to be more right brain, uh, right down to its spirituality and its uh, forms of religion and, and just its overall relationship. Everything was relational. Where in the West, we went linear, we went hierarchical, we went 
to materialism outside of ourselves where the east was more the internal world and flow and in relationship and we're one consciousness and all that so in our medicine reflects both of of those ways of being so we have these very different consciousnesses in the world and then there are some countries that are are pretty negative and they're fighting and they're battling and they're all caught up in their pain from the past and there are some countries that are pretty right brain and um uh for example i i did a, a presentation in brazil and um, I went, they put me up in this hotel, I was in Sao Paulo, and they put me up in this hotel that looked like a slice of watermelon. It's a world famous uh, hotel. It looks like a slice of watermelon. I know that I did uh-huh. the same thing. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then um, at, at night, so I gave my presentation and then I went to, uh, to my room and I'm, I'm pulling back my, and, and someone had been in my room and they, you know, pulled back my sheets and got everything and, and they placed what I thought was a chocolate on my pillow. And so I thought, well, that's nice, you know, but boy, I can't do chocolate at night, but I'm looking at this thing and I opened it up and it was a condom. <laughs> yes, I actually said that on a podcast. It's it was party time, Jill. <laughs> it's party time. You know? This country is so right brained you know. It's like it is. It's let's play together, you know. Yeah, it was like brilliant. So thoughtful of them. Mm-hmm. Lovely. <laughs> so, so I think if we look at the, if did they provide the you country, any suggestions on like you know opportunities? the use of that thing <laughs> no they didn't but you know they, they i was prepared mm-hmm. it's good to be prepared very good it's good to be prepared mm-hmm. so, and i you know i you know this is what 10 years later i'm still laughing about this because it made it. such an impact on yeah me. yeah yeah and uh, so i'm looking at these cultures and i'm thinking you know the different cultures of the world and how we are interacting with one another and how we take things personally um, and we move into that pain and then there's pain from the past. And, and, and I don't know, it's, it's, it is, I believe in the macrocosm of how we're living on the world is a reflection of the microcosm of how our brains organize information. So here we have, you know, us, me, an individual, you, an individual, we have some chaos going on inside of ourselves. We're a pretty chaotic people because we don't have the differentiation that we kind of need in order to be able to define, well, let's look at reality a little differently. Now, imagine a world that actually knows where people know that there are four characters and they come into relationship with one another as a collective and 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 all of a sudden we elevate our level of consciousness with with one another in business in personal lives internally i mean the world has we we the world has the potential to change and and one of the things that this has been a dream of mine i'll share with you is i'd like to see a website that has a picture of the planet opened up right? So it shows me over here and you over there. And then we take a brain picture of a brain and we place that on top of it. And then people all around the world can put a pin drop with their character for name. This is me. I am love. I am a part of this collective. And it shows up as a tiny little light. 
And then this light, we could actually physically watch the light of love around the world grow. What grows is what we see. And what we see is this horrific stuff in the news. I mean, it's just bombarding and and it's uh, putting us down. We need to find ways of lifting our souls, lifting our spirits, lifting the light of what we are in the world into the world so that we can connect with one another like neurons in a collective brain of love. And I just think that that would be a beautiful thing. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I have hope. I'm up for it. I mean, as you were saying that, I could just see this swelling of light coming over a computer. How beautiful. Day yes. after day yeah. after day. More and more it light. It would grow. It mm. would, and it would grow in different parts because I would say to all my friends, go here, do this. And you would say to your friends, go here and do this. And so, but you've got friends all over the world, but most of them will be around your city. And most of mine will be around my city. So, so we'll get these little pockets and then they'll go to their people and we'll really see how much love there is in this world. And boy, just knowing that I would click on that every day and just go, I would exhale. I could get out of my little character too of, oh my gosh, is there going to be a world by the end of the day? Mm. Yeah. Well, because I mean, you did kind of, you you did kind of uh, make that throw away. This could all end today, but like, we do believe that it could some, you know, a part of us does. It could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It could. Power in the wrong people's hands, power, the power. You know, and and what it values, and it's like, oh, why does anybody have that kind of power? No, we need to go with Huey Lewis's power of love. Exactly. <laughs> Back to the eighties. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Ah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, as you were talking about the world, then the different countries, uh, and the the four different characters, it made me kind of think about the twenty twentieth century. Uh, as globalization started creeping in and and it became easier to travel everywhere in the later part of that century, you kind of see where different countries then start to go, I don't want to be all this. I like a bit of what's happening over there. I want to bring some of that in. You see, I want a phone. I want technology. Exactly. Or then the, the Western people saying, but you know, if I just go see body parts specialists, no one seems to be able to fix me. I want to do more of that energetic stuff and bring some of that in. And then you can see that like the whole world, like that, that is actually an opportunity of globalization to create more harmony through awareness that we kind of need all four, but we need all four to play ball. We need all four on the team and that left brain, it most of the time, often, if it's really structured in the external, it's about materialism. It's about where do I stand on that hierarchy? Because it's all about me, the individual and the right brain. It doesn't have a me, the individual. And so those people over there saying, what is wrong with you people? And the left brain, the solid left brain is very critical, judges very mean to the right hemisphere, not just of itself, but of others. And so it becomes even more skewed and hostile toward. And so that's one reason why, why for me, I, I was very careful in the language I used in my stroke of insight when I wrote that book, because I didn't want to alienate the scientific left brain and business communities. 
And so I was very careful in how I phrase everything as I did in this book. And this book is about cells. It's about the brain. And fortunately, the brain anatomy is, is, um, it may, is of interest to left brain population. And it's like, and, you know, many people who are extremely left brain know that they're not satisfied. They know they're not content. They know their, their relationships have fallen apart. They have terrible relationships with their spouses. They have terrible relationships with their children. They essentially buy, they use money to buy their relationships. There's no satisfaction or gratification there. So people are searching for how, how do I find more, more, not just peace, but how do I balance myself? And, you know, this has been a, an ongoing huge issue for women for decades. How do I, how do I have it all? How do I, how do I have a, a family? How do I mother the home? And how do I have a satisfying career? And how do I balance that in a man's world, which values the left brain, do, 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 climb the hierarchy. But I'm, I'm 30. I'm, able to have children right now this is when i need to do it and how do i how do i fit into a, a world but i i do think that in the globalization of the internet which does add a new level of neurological consciousness to us that more women are able to work from home uh are able to build their businesses are are able to uh, uh, create more of that balance. But I, I think that this, this kind of information at this time, post post uh, pandemic, and not even post pandemic, I mean, a lot of countries are still shut down. I know you're still very shut down. Um, uh, you know, it's a, it's a how do I, how do I take the best of me? Uh, with all the fear and all the, the unknown, how do we still show up? uh as the, our best selves um and right now we're really dealing with this in in the states it's like man the story of the karen you know uh uh wow you know the hostility the anger the fear the the tip for tat yeah yeah i often wonder when i when i see the karen stories and the shaming the the international shaming of these people I just often wonder what if you went up to that person and asked them what was making them feel so scared about things oh they just get really 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 belligerent they don't they don't want to be a character too does not want to be busted on its fear mm. because it wants to be right it wants to be uh it wants to be superior and it it's passionate and it it just it needs to be right so if you go up and you say say um uh, something if you bring its fear mm. uh pe- nobody wants to think they're in their fear oh i'm not in my fear yeah so that actually fear. makes them lean into two more exactly so how do we diffuse two when it's out of control we, i think we just love them i mean what do you do with a toddler mm. do you have children oh yeah yeah i have one and um beautiful okay. boy and what do you do when that beautiful boy throws a temper tantrum? Uh, just hug. You just love him. Mm. You don't you don't yell at him. You don't shame him. You don't take pictures of him. You don't run a video and stick it on Facebook. <laughs> you know, you don't do that. 
you love him. You're there for him. You give him a moment. You give him 90 seconds. From the moment we think a thought that stimulates an emotional circuit that is, is positive or negative, that's going to then have a physiological response. Let's say we're anger. We're going to dump noradrenaline into our bloodstream. It floods through us. I rage. It flushes out of me. In less than 90 seconds, my blood is clean. So I'm going to be triggered for 90 seconds. How long does a belly laugh last? <laughs> About the same amount of time. Yeah. Right? So, so if I rethink the thought, I can re-stimulate that whole physiological response again, and I can stay mad at somebody for decades, but that's because I keep running a circuit inside of my brain. And when I recognize that someone else is running a group of cells inside of their brain, they are in pain. Anger is pain. Sadness is pain. And when I see an animal in pain, I want to go toward it. I want to just wrap it up in love, even if I can't touch it because I'm afraid it's going to bite me. You know, if I see an animal that's been hit on the road, it might not be safe for me to touch it because it is terrified and it's going to lash out and bite me. Well, some humans are the exact same. If I get too close, they're going to lash out at me, probably with their tongue, probably, or they could hit me. You never know. But if I recognize that that's pain, and I can hold the space for your pain. Wow. What a moment of, of connection for me to you. Now, maybe not for you to me, unless you're open to it. But if I can stand in the presence of your pain, not absorb it, not take it personally, not hype it up, but just love you through that pain for 90 seconds. And then wait for the next moment. I'm not here to fix you. I'm not here to heal you. I'm not here to do anything to you. I'm here to stand in the presence and witness your pain with love in my heart. And I can do that for some woman who is ranting and raving mm. in Kroger. Yeah. It's so interesting. Uh, maybe it's because I didn't have the language five minutes ago, but when I said what I said about, um, you know, seeing the, the Karen moment. Um, that's exactly what I was actually trying to say is what you just said. It is like, I feel, um, like that person needs love above all else. Um, above all else. Mm. Cause they're separate from love. Mm. Yeah. In that moment, they're separate from love. And, and what separates us from love is our pain. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of And it's not easy. No. You know, it's not easy to do. And and we're running on automatic and we have this automatic reactivity. And now we're existing in a society, at least in the States, where we've been given permission to run on more of our automatic reactivity. And um, so all of a sudden we have elevated our level of rudeness. And, you know, we're wired for kindness just as we're wired to be emotionally reactive. We have the power to choose. I have the power to choose to be kind to you. I have that power. Do I want to exhibit my power? Speaking of power, um, the brain huddle is pretty cool. Can you tell us about that? 
Yeah. The brain huddle is what I call when we call in any moment. And I tend to do a brain huddle 20, 30 times a day because I want it to be on automatic. I want all four of my characters. I want to know them and I want them to know when we call a huddle, it's the brain team, all of them on board, on board. So in this moment, I become conscious. So right here, right now, I can say, okay, brain huddle. And any of my four characters can be calling the brain huddle. But what it does is B-R-A-I-N, of course it is, B-R-A-I-N <laughs> as the acronym. B is for breath. So, and I use breath to come to the present moment. It's the first thing we do when we're born. It's the last thing we do when we die. It's like a train running on a track. And at any point, I can move my consciousness into my breath patterning, pay attention to it, and I'm in the present moment. So B, breath, focus on the breath, bring your mind to your breath. Okay, I'm in the present. R, recognize which of the four characters called the brain huddle. Okay, well, right now it's my character one because I'm hanging out with you. But I could be out on my paddleboard and say brain huddle just because I want to have a brain huddle because I want them practiced. Because when character two calls a huddle, I need character two to get onto the huddle too. Because two just wants to be, I don't want to be in a huddle. I don't want to be happy. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, right? So I need it to be very well trained. So we're training our brains to jump on the brain huddle. So R is recognize which character called the brain huddle. A is appreciate the fact that we have all four. All four are here. We have four characters. Two, are you coming? It's like, so if I'm really unhappy, I can now hear that voice in the back of my brain going to, I call mine Abby, 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 and Abby's going, I don't want to, I don't want to do a huddle. I'm pissed off. I, I don't want to be with you. I, I don't want to. <laughs> Give me my 90 seconds. And I want my 90 seconds. And then the others go, you got 90 seconds. And then we're like huddling. It's like, okay. So Abby goes into the huddle with the others. And so A is appreciate that we have all four in this huddle. I is inquire. Okay, in this moment, which one of us do we think we want to exhibit? Who do we want to give the microphone in this moment? Well, if I'm out paddleboarding and it was Pigpen who called the brain huddle, it's like, I want to, you know, I want to, and in character four, Queen Toad might say, let's turn off the book we're listening to and let's just be with God. And it's like, yeah, that feels good. Let's do that. Or Helen might come online and say, you know, we got five minutes and then we got, you know, we need, and so, so they're all had, they're all chatting, inquire, which one's going to come out. And then N stands for navigate because we navigate moments, moment by moment by moment. And in this moment, it might be appropriate for me. Let's say, let's say I walk into a room. And there's a group of, there are two people there and they have been fighting and my brain is turned on and it knows I just walked in on a fight. We know what that feels like. Mm. And so I'm calling a huddle, huddle, you know, what do we do? Huddle. So uh, character one says, um, uh, okay, I can come in and I can, I can inquire and see uh, if they, if anybody needs any help and it's like, okay, good plan. So Helen comes out and says, um, um, I'm sorry to interrupt with you. Sorry to intrude. Um, do you need anything? Is there anything I can do for you? Helen wants to fix it. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, give me a project, give me a job. Uh, and they, they might say, 
no. And it's like, okay, so Helen can step back. And then Pigpen says, um, well, let me try. And so Pigpen comes in and says, and kind of makes a little joke. And um, uh, it either goes over well or it doesn't go over well at all, right? And if it goes over well and they're ready to uh, lighten everything up, then it's like, okay, we'll engage. Uh, and, and they'll dissipate whatever that two, two for two tat was. Uh, or they might just really be ready to go back to fighting again. Mm. Um, and it's like, and otherwise it's like, okay, well, um, I'm outside. Um, uh, I'm here if you need anything. Um, and in the meantime, you got my support. Mm. and I I love them as a four and I walk out the door with them knowing I'm wrapped around them and um, I'm here so so it's a navigation of life we're navigating moment by moment um, how we're going to be and that's the brain huddle it's it's a, a wonderful action. Seriously, I encourage people to do it 20 or 30 times a day because it's like a muscle. It's a circuit inside of your brain. The more you run a circuit, the stronger it begins to run on automatic. I want my brain huddle to show up when I move into my two because that's how I pull myself out of my character two. Mm -hmm. And your job is not, it is not your job. Your my, character two is not your job. My character, too, is my responsibility. And the better or more responsible I become for all four of my characters, then the more I show up as a whole human being. And I truly believe that's the evolution of humanity, where we all show up as whole human beings in the presence of one another, knowing it is our number one job to love one another. It's beautiful, Jill. So powerful. And, and so if we talk about um, mental health, which is very much finally being talked about uh, in a much less taboo way. And it's being recognized as being important, as important a thing to cultivate as physical health. Um, and that the two are very much intertwined. When someone uh, has anxiety tendencies, is currently depressed, um, perhaps experiencing um, mental disorders, um, schizophrenia, like your brother, uh, bipolar disorder. There's just so many different uh, things, neurodivergence. Uh, how do we support uh, people who find it really tricky uh, biochemically to uh, have these huddles and bring everybody on board peacefully in and out as they're needed? Uh, this might not be your area, but I just felt like it was an important question um, at this time when everyone's talking more about mental health. Mm -hmm. Well, personally, I think that that if 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 I'm the one witnessing someone else or in the presence of someone else who is having mental health issues, concerns, either severe mental illnesses or um, uh any kind of, of circumstantial situational depression, it's my job to love them. So I know what my job is. And if I come in in a loving manner, then I'm, I can certainly, now my brother who has schizophrenia would never be able to grasp and relate to his four different characters. He just, he couldn't go there. Um, his, his reality is, is his reality. Um, I'm, I, he doesn't, he doesn't have the capacity to exist in my reality. That's 
part of the definition of of schizophrenia. He has a delusional thinking system that that the rest of us don't share. Um, so my sympathy, but I'm sympathetic. I can separate my brother from his disease. So I can have a relationship with my brother and my disease with my, my disease, my relationship with my brother's disease is that to my brother, I acknowledge, I believe he is not well. And so he may have his delusional thinking and he, I will let him share bits and pieces of that with me on occasion until I've had enough. And then I need him to kind of settle that back down if he can. And he's on medication. So when he is, he tends to be able to know that, you know, I've had enough of that. And then he goes back to kind of being normal, not healthy, but certainly relatively normal. Um, so if, if someone's dealing with a raging florid psychosis, that's a whole nother animal. That's just someone in pain and we need to be able to get that person help, um, to be able to support the loved ones of people who are in pain because they then tend to move into their pain as well. Then I have my four characters and I can actually help them realize Yes, this is this is hard. This is sad. This is depressing. Yet there is also a character one that we can come in and we can be supportive in different ways. My mother came in as a character one to provide shelter and to provide food and to protect my brother. Uh, then my father and I went and did advocacy on behalf of people with mental illnesses. So I serve his population in a way that works for me. My mother could do the hands-on. I had to go and look at the brains. And my dad is, uh, was a, a, a therapist and counselor. Um, so, so I think we show up differently under different circumstances to the best of our ability in supporting people who are having problems and who actually need a societal hand in helping them find their way uh, uh, to, to the highest level of, of health that they can have. Mm, beautiful. I think it's just so important for us to, to start to learn those languages of what support looks like and, and step into it more comfortably and feel like we can actually contribute in a positive way. Right. Yeah, well, and I, I experienced that when I had the stroke mm. um, because I couldn't communicate. I had aphasia. I had no language for, for five weeks. I had a totally silent mind. And then I had, had to learn language, so I didn't have language for, for quite a while. And so people would come to visit me, and, and you know, people are, are, oh, my God, you know, here's Jill, who was a strong athlete. And at the top of her game, and now she's, you know, drooling and a lump of lead in the, in the bed. And uh, my mother describes me as a breathing body in the bed. That's, you know, when she met me, it was like, oh, my God. Um, and so that's where I was. And so people would come in and they would, they would, they would have, have this incredible fear of their own of, oh, my God, that could be me or, 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 you know, I don't know how, and they'd get anxious. I don't know how to talk to her. I don't know. I don't know how to connect with her. I don't know what to do. And so they come in and they would, they would come in as their fear and their character two and in their character one. And they would tell me, talk, 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 and a million miles an hour and, da, 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 and this and that and the other. And I'm just looking at them going, 
um, uh, I don't understand a word you're saying, right? You know that, right? You know, and I'm just looking at them and, and they, they were so filled with their fear. They didn't, they didn't know what I needed and then they would stay too long and I'd be exhausted. So, you know, I just, after a while, I just like show my exhaustion and then, and then it was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, we need to leave. <laughs> and so, um, uh, people, you know, people don't know how to support someone who's a stroke survivor. And so they move into their own fear and it's like, Oh my gosh, have you seen Jill? I saw Jill and she's in terrible shape and she can't talk and she, she drools and she's, she's just paralyzed on half of her body. I mean, she's just, I just, I, you know, I, I'm not comfortable, so I'm not going to go back. Mm. When what did I need? What I needed was these people who loved me to come in calmly and bring me their love and just hold my hand or touch my cheek or put their hand on, on my head, not after I had surgery, but touch me appropriately and say, you're Jill, I love you. You're going to be all right. I, it's all I needed. Mm. Two minutes of your love, five minutes of your love. I don't need people in the, in the room having a conversation with one another and about politics. And oh my <laughs> God, it's like, it's like, it's like people don't know how to be around someone who is that ill. Mm. And, and that's, uh, um, I think that that was one of the great gifts of my stroke of insight is so many people realize, take responsibility for the energy you bring. Oh, it's so huge. So huge. Uh, I, um, and uh, this is by no means surviving a stroke, but I have uh, had a very tough time with mold illness the last few years, uh, been hideously affected by mold and it affected my brain uh, quite badly in an inflammatory way. And um, it's really interesting when you are the able, capable, always, a million ideas, a million executions on all sorts of things in life, and then you're sick. I've found it really interesting how people don't know how to relate to you in the context of you not being your A-game um, and people pulling away, people actually just not knowing how to, if you're not going to be the life of the party and the person with lots of ideas and fun conversation, how do I be with you? And it was actually my sister's husband's mother at a recent family barbecue uh who literally she's a psychiatrist so that could have helped um but she literally just heard me say we've moved to another place and unfortunately um because my son gets affected as well my son and I just really are not well there either so we're gonna have to move again and she just held my hand and said oh, this is so tough are you okay? Oh. And I was just Perfect. like, oh my God. You know, Perfect. it wasn't like, oh, can you believe it? Perfect. So what are you going to do? So how, like, what do we need to, like, Perfect. wasn't any of that. It was just so still and spacious. And, and that yeah. in itself was the most soothing thing I could have experienced in that moment. And I, you were hurt. Yeah. Your yeah. heart was hurt. Her. Yeah. You could rest in that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what we all need. So 
how beautiful to be that's what we all need this conversation and to actually have that come up a few times in many different types of examples so that the overarching yeah. message is space love and really yeah. heard that's what we all need yeah Mm. Yeah, and we were existing in this left brain society that wants to rush in and fix it. Let's fix it. Let's make it better. Let's make mm. it better so it can go fast again and do a million things again. Because mm. you're going to have a barbecue for me when I come over there. <laughs> It'll just be the two of us. <laughs> It'll just be the two of us, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just look at one another and hold hands and say, oh my gosh, can you believe we're on the same place on yeah. this planet? How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that, right? Yeah. Jill, How beautiful oh, is that? Very, very special. Thank you so much for your time today. I, I feel like it is a huge gift to be able to speak with you on a personal level, but also to be able to share that with thousands of people around the world in the coming weeks. Beautiful. Um, I Beautiful. wish you every success with this book, uh, Whole Brain Living. I think it's so important. Please go out, get it, listen to it on a nature walk. Uh, it's uh, it's very powerful, and I really believe you've yeah. unlocked a new little layer of human understanding uh, in how we thank can all you. exist more peacefully in the world. Yeah, well, I thank you for all of that. I, I feel very blessed. And um, how's your mold now in your head? How's still, your brain? Still not so great. Uh, can't concentrate on much for more than I can concentrate when I'm active in a conversation. That's why I'm so, so grateful for my podcast, because I feel like I can still show up and be completely in the moment, but sitting, writing, I, I've written a book this last year, moving house four times. I don't quite know how that happened, but, um, <laughs> but it was wow. very, very hard, very hard to, to construct thought in a way that made me feel yeah. clear. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that back. Yeah. Well, I've not been able to tell and I'm pretty good at spotting uh, <laughs> strange things going on in brains. Yeah. Well, I'm high functioning, high functioning. Um, that's for sure. Uh, um, but yeah, you know, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can, we can chat uh, uh, on the other side of the podcast. Mm. Yeah. Because I might be able to uh, offer you some suggestions. Oh, incredible. Thank you. Well, I will end our chat here and uh, look very much forward to helping you get this beautiful book out into the world a little more. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social on Instagram at lowtoxlife or one word or my personal Instagram uh, at underscore Alex with two X's, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at Lotox Life uh, and, of course, lotoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a Lotox Life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Lotox Club for just $49 Australian per year which is about 29.30 US, about 27 euro and about 25 pounds, you get a stack of club member perks 
and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lowtoxlife.com, hit the explore tab and you'll see join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.